welcome to the Art of Successful Living. My name is Joanne Williams. This podcast is all about learning how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining in today as we continue the seven places Jesus bled. Today is part seven. So if you missed the first six episodes, I encourage you to go back and check it out. So let's get started. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and brake the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water. So I just read for you the Gospel of John chapter 19 verses 31 through 34. The sixth place Jesus shed his blood was where a soldier shoved a spear into his side and blood and water poured out. Jesus died so that we could be forgiven. We all have heard it said that the nails in his hands and feet didn't hold him on the cross. His love for us did. Now, why are these details about the piercing of Jesus' side recorded only in the Gospel of John. Do they have a special meaning? To answer this question, we first need to see the subject of John's Gospel. The emphasis of the Gospel of John is life. When we consider the details in John's account of the Lord's crucifixion, We have got to keep that emphasis in mind. There's so many spiritual realities and they are so profound. They can be hard to understand sometimes. So John uses pictures or signs throughout his gospel to help us grasp these realities. For instance, um, In John chapter 1, verse 29, John the Baptist says of Jesus, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We know the Lord Jesus isn't literally a lamb with four legs and a fluffy coat, but the picture of Jesus as the Lamb of God shows us something beyond what words alone can tell us. Without a lot of explanation, the picture or sign of a lamb immediately impresses us with the meekness, gentleness, and sinlessness of the Lord who gave himself up for us. John uses other pictures throughout his account, such as the heavenly ladder, the brass serpent on a pole, and the vine with the branches. These signs help communicate deep spiritual realities to us. So what spiritual reality does the blood and water from the Lord's pure side reveal? Well, two substances came out of the Lord's pure side, 
blood, and water. Blood is for redemption, to deal with our sin. We can find that in Hebrew chapter 9, verse 22, and the purchase of the church. Water is for imparting life and the producing of the church. The Lord's death on the negative side takes away our sins, and on the positive side imparts life into us. So it has two aspects, the redemptive aspect and the life imparting aspect. The redemptive aspect, aspect, (laughs) here I'll go with these words again. The redemptive aspect is for the life imparting aspect. The record of the other three gospels uh, portrays only the redemptive aspects of the Lord's death. But John, uh, his record portrays not only the redemptive aspect, but also the life imparting aspect. I hope that makes sense. Anyway, so the blood and the water show us two important aspects of the Lord's death. The redemptive aspect, which is the blood, and the life imparting aspect, which is the water. Because Jesus shed his blood to accomplish a marvelous redemption for us, we can be forgiven and cleansed of all our sins. We could never praise and thank him enough for the redemptive aspect of his death. But his redemption was for a purpose. God wants us to receive his divine life. We have received his divine nature. When we accept Christ, we receive his divine nature. And this is possible because of the life imparting aspect of Jesus' death. So we're looking at two fountains. The blood was typified by the blood of the Passover lamb. Exodus chapter 12, verse 7, also verse 22, Revelation verse 12, chapter 11. And the water was typified by the water that flowed out of the smitten rock. Exodus chapter 17, verse 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. The blood formed a fountain. Thank you, Jesus. The blood formed a fountain for washing away, for the washing away of sin. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 1. And the water became the fountain of life. Psalms, well, not Psalms, but Psalm 36, uh, verse 9, and Revelation chapter 21, verse 6. So what does all this mean? we can continue to come to the fountain for cleansing by confessing any sin we commit. And we can receive more of the divine life by coming to the Lord as the fountain of life to drink of him. Well, praise ye the Lord. Praise God for his redeeming and life imparting death for the blood and the water. I know that was kind of quick and it was kind of complicated, but I hope you got the gist of that. If you have enjoyed this lesson and series on the seven places Jesus bled, give me a thumbs up. 
Also, click that notification button so you can be notified when the next podcast comes out. We will be doing one more episode on the seven places that Jesus bled. And then after that, because of Mother's Day in the month of May, we're going to switch to a new topic. And uh, I hope you'll enjoy it. It's all about the women in the Bible. And we're going to look at it uh, from a different perspective. Anyway, until next time, be blessed.